Hello and welcome back to the There is a Floodlight That Never Goes Out podcast. As always, I'm joined by my sidekick, Ed. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. And on today's pod, we're going to be previewing the games in of match day 44 in the championship, whilst also briefly skimming over match day 43's results in the process. Um, let's kick off then with the 12.30 kickoff at Dean Court. Uh, Bournemouth versus Brentford and it's a Bournemouth side in scintillating form, uh, a 4-1 victory over Millwall uh, the other night. And a Brentford team struggling for goals, albeit without losing games of football. Um, Ed, this is a huge game sort of to decide who's going to play who in the playoffs because currently Bournemouth are third and Brentford are fifth. Definitely. I think if Bournemouth win this game, they've pretty much secured that third place in the playoffs for me. Um mm. I think you know it's very hard not to back a Bournemouth win here. Although it is the early kickoff, so Gandhi never lies; he never rests <laughs> either. Um, so you got to take a bit of caution there. Um, you know, when, when Bournemouth are sticking four past a Millwall side who have got you know, let's face it, one of the best defenses statistically in the league. Um, yeah, you got you got to give really give him credit, and all that under Jonathan Woodgate, you'd imagine, is quite a defensive-minded coach. Um, I think Brentford, they seem to have just plateaued out with their season. Um, obviously, they'll be gearing up for a, for a, for a playoff campaign, but they yeah. need to make sure they get a bit of form in before that game. Uh, then, you know, the two games they'll have there, possibly three, if they mm. go through. Um, you know, I think this game, like you said, there isn't actually too much riding on it, other than who plays who in the playoffs. Mm. Uh, you, know, you know, a couple of weeks ago, this would have been a huge game. Um, but now it's still a big game. But yeah. you know, I'm going to ignore Gandhi and I'm going to go for a Bournemouth win. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with 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 that last quip in the sense that if we looked at this a, a few weeks ago when we first started the podcast, we'd have been looking at a Brentford side who was still hot on the tails of Watford and a Bournemouth side who you know there were doubts over whether they'd finish in the top six and you know. Let's face it; those doubts have been quashed. I mean, they've been on unbelievable run of uh, victories, you know, except the uh, Southampton FA Cup defeat since since we turned them over. And honestly, as a Barnsley fan, and I said this on a previous podcast, I hope Brentford win this game because, as it stands, we'll be finishing sixth, and we'd play the team in third. And uh, I really don't want Bournemouth over two legs because they are they are a very, very, very good football team. And that's why I agree with you. Um, although, as you said, Gandhi never rests and his famous words will probably come true. I can't see anything other than a Bournemouth victory. Moving on then to a game that, uh, well... I'd argue that it means literally nothing other than, you know, for the race for the for the title. And that is Queen's Park Rangers versus Norwich. And Norwich, you know, two defeats in a row. And honestly, I couldn't probably tell you when that last occurred. You know, they've been on brilliant form, but uh, a defeat to, to a good Bournemouth side, albeit with, with 10 men. And, you know, then a, a, a defeat to, to a good Watford side at, at home. And it's left Watford with a real shot at the title. And, you know, a QPR team as well, who, with Lyndon Dykes hot in form, look look very good. I mean, Ed, how do you see this one panning out? Um, like you said, it's a bit of a, a dead rubber here. Um, very little riding on it other than pride. You know, Norwich, if you've just got promoted, you know, the last sort of teams you want to be playing post 
big night out, hangover, ridden. <laughs> uh, it will be, you know, the, the teams have played. But, you know, they, they won't care the slightest. Uh, like you said, Lyndon Dykes, you know, he had a, he's had a very barren mid-season and then at the, you know, he just turned it on right at the end. Um, I see... I see a draw here. You know, neither side will particularly be pushing for it. I think um, Norwich, okay, they might, you know, want to go on and win the title, but no one really ever remembers the title, do they? Um, no. They only, you know, remember the promotion. So I'm going to go for a, a one-all, two-all draw here. Um, I think both these sides have got a lot of goals in them. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right in saying that it's probably most likely going to be a draw. I think. A few, a few weeks ago, as I said, I'm probably going to come back to this a lot now because we've got a fair amount of podcasts under his belts, but I'd have always probably backed Norwich for a win. But QPR look very good at the minute. And, you know, if if the game went on for another... If the season, sorry, went on for another 10 games, I, I could really see them making a playoff push with, with the way that they're playing at the minute. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I, I think it'll, it'll probably be a draw. And if I was to go on the side of, of Risky, I'd probably back QPR. I think they're really good. Um, moving on then to what is, let's face it, the most dead rubber game ever. Sorry, sorry. It, have we, how have we not already had this game? Like, I'm sorry. You it's like it's like a disgrace, mate. It's a disgrace. I mean, Nottingham Forest, when are you going to play a game that means something? I mean, please. <laughs> you're killing us. You are killing us. Um, of course, it's Forest versus Stoke. Uh, Forest absolutely robbed Birmingham, let's face it. It, it yeah. was a robbery um, with a 1-1 with a draw there um, on uh, Wednesday. And a Stoke team who, who got beaten at home by Coventry. And let's face it, Stoke don't look in great form. And Forrest played atrociously on Wednesday. So you know what this means? Nil-nil. Uh, but, uh, Ed, sorry, I've, I've got to ask you, um, even though you probably don't want to answer it, how do you see this one panning out between 13th and 18th? Um, uh, I, 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 I agree with your sentiment of a, of a sort of ball draw. Um, occasionally, these sort of games, you know, that they, they um, come to life against all odds and, and give you a surprise result. But I really don't see it happening here. Uh, both these sides on the beach already, really. Um, both very similar sides in terms of well drilled, organised defensively. You know, this season going forward, I've had very little. Um, Stoke have been, it's been the most Stoke season possible for, for the it really has, yeah. this season. And for Forest, they'll, they'll just take this championship survival um, after the, the horror start they had. So I'm going to go for a nil nil draw here. Not one that will live long in their memory. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only probably important tagline of this game for me is um, seeing uh, Jimmy Garner playing probably what's going to be his, his third last game in this league. I mean, the the, the kid's a class act. And um, yeah, apart from him playing for a, a pretty much a, a pretty average, if not below average, Forest side this season, been a pleasure to have him in the championship because I think he'll play for England. Um, brilliant player. Um, moving on then to a game which you know you could class as dead rubber, but I'm not so sure Huddersfield are just out of the mire yet. And that is Blackburn Rovers versus Huddersfield Town. Now Blackburn, we said a few uh, pods ago that they needed to get rid of Tony Mowbray. 
they've stuck with him and really their form's not really picked up. We uh, we saw their draw at Cardiff. We thought, here they go. Then they win the game after that, and you go, well, they might they might start they might end the season. Sorry, in in a in a good vein of form, and then they lose to Sheffield Wednesday, and you're looking at Blackburn again. You're just going, they're so inconsistent, and you're looking at Huddersfield as <laughs> the same way and saying. Uh, Chino Carlos as Tricky Terry is aren't that good. Um, how do you see this one panning out, Ed? Um, I see it. I see a Blackburn Rovers win here. Um, obviously, we'll speak probably a bit more about that game when we when we cover Wednesday. Um, but to talk about Blackburn, they were very poor. Um, Tom Tribal I thought was excellent. Yeah. Um, Tony Mowbray though he did his classic. I think his four subs he did this time. Um, in the second half at once. And, you know, I, I can see the argument for such a move, but in reality, all it means is you're really playing two thirds one game and, and a third completely different, and mm. you need that continuity. Um, they created very little to be honest going forward. Um, yeah. Adam Armstrong, he was, he was a disappointment. Um, <laughs> Harvey Elliott, though, a word on him. Number one, you know, um, Credit to him for laying the wreath before kickoff yeah, at the cop. Um, I thought that was a really touching thing, um, and also he, you could see his class. Genuinely, some of the, some of the balls he was spraying about, the, his vision, everything about him was excellent, and I, and I certainly see him as that sort of Mo Salah prodigy. You know, yeah, um, he's a brilliant player, is Harvey Elliott, and you know. I honestly think he'd be so much more likable if he'd just got a haircut. <laughs> I completely he's, he's agree. He's, he's obviously a really sound kid and he's an immensely talented footballer. Just get yeah. yourself down to Paul Wilkinson's air fashions, Harvey. Yeah, definitely. I uh, Yeah, a, a new trim wouldn't do too much harm. <laughs> um, with Huddersfield, I think these epitomise the phrase style over substance. Um, yeah. They play all the lovely passes around the back, tippy tapper, and then going forward, just nothing. Um, you sound like a really Brexit dar there, Ed. You're <laughs> called Keith. <laughs> I can assure I'm not. Um, no, but you know what I mean. It's not. I do, yeah. It's it's not energetic, really. It's just very possession based nonsense, in my opinion. Um, mm. I mean, they got into some trouble, didn't they, this week because they put a tweet out saying thanks to the sponsor um, of the shirts and, and obviously they linked the account and people went on the account, looked at the tweets and there were a lot of sort of far-right xenophobia. Um, like Maybe Huddersfield really aren't called Huddersfield, called Keith FC. Um... <laughs> well, it, it was another blunder by um, the new owner, Phil Hodgkinson, and yeah. it's just a club in a real mess. And I think next season, I think, you know, it's a whole conversation, but I think we'll be right down there. On to this game, though, um, I see a Blackburn win. Huddersfield aren't out of it yet. I think realistically they are, though. Um, they've just got, got enough there. Certainly mm. a win or a point here will see them safe, in my eyes. Um, and quite probably mathematically, depending on the results. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go for a Blackburn Rovers win. But again, not one one that will live long in the memory. Yeah, once again, I find myself agreeing with you on that one, Ed. Um, having seen Huddersfield against us, they were... They were absolutely terrible going forward. And I know I'll get more onto this, how brilliant our defence were, but they were shocking. And when this isn't a slur on Huddersfield, but when you have Yaya Snogo as your focal point, I, don't, I honestly don't think you're going to score a lot of goals. And um, yeah, I, I can see Blackburn picking up three points in this one. 
Moving on to a huge game then now. And I'd never thought I'd be saying this, but Wayne Rooney's Derby County are in very, very deep trouble now. And they they, this is a must win against Birmingham. And, you know, Ed, I'm going to ask you about this. What could be the consequences if they don't pick up three points in this one? Relegation. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Um, and they're playing Birmingham at the worst possible time. Yeah. Uh, Lee yeah. you know, I'm still not convinced that this is going to have any sort of longevity, this tenureship. And um, I don't think it's sustainable because you look at the, the goals they've been scoring, the results they've been getting. You know, it was uh, Mark Roberts header from a corner against Forest. It was a Harley Dean header against Rotherham. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, that's a whole different conversation, but we're looking at the here, the here and now, and um, they've been brilliant um, re- results-wise. Derby, four straight losses, just so abject, and, you know, no life in the team at all. Um, and then it comes down to Rooney and his ability to motivate, and I've questioned it since minute one. Can he get a group mm. of players motivated when they're... Because, you know, I think the problem with Rooney is he was so good as a player, he quite rightly would expect that with his players and you know the quality they've got in the squad simply isn't good enough I think if they lose this game you know then A it opens the door up for us massively um, and also for Rotherham I mean Derby and Rotherham you know I saw a tweet earlier it was like the Chuckle Brothers in terms of to me to you every time one wins and one yeah. loses it then reverses neither one seems to want to stay up but um, I see a Blues win here and I'm praying for a Blues win because, you know, I'll mention this a little bit later, but the hope is starting to just creep back in. <laughs> yeah, and I really um, don't want it to. Yeah, uh, I'm in agreement with you on this one, I think. You know, to quote Cher- a Cherry Ghost song, Derby looking at the table and going, cold mathematics, it's making its move on me now. And it <laughs> really is. I mean, if they don't pick up three points here, not only will... You know, a team below them most likely win because that's sort of the pattern of play this season. Um, and that would drop them right in it, but it'd be five defeats in a row. And that is just not the form you want going into your last two games. Um, on the other hand, though, I have got to be a, a little bit positive, even though this might not necessarily represent my views entirely in saying if Derby do pick up three points here, you know, you're looking at it again and they're, they're only probably one point behind Huddersfield and you're saying, well, that, that might be them safe now, barring Rotherham uh, performing a miracle with their games in hand. Um, but we'll see. This is going to be a really interesting one. And I tell you what, I tweeted it on our official Twitter, at FloodlightPod, go follow it if, you, if you're not. But um, could it see the return of the Hare Island, the English <laughs> Dutchman, the mercurial Wally with a brolly Steve McLaren, <laughs> if they don't pick up three points here? Um, it would not surprise me if, if they brought him downstairs, if if they lose this one, it really wouldn't. But uh, we'll wait and see on that one. Moving on then to a game that affects us, it affects you, and it. This is such. I'm looking forward to this game so much, and it's 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 of course Barnsley versus Rotherham. Um, personally, I think if we pick up three points in this one, well, not personally, mathematically, we're in the playoffs. And that would be an incredible achievement. And I'd be so proud of the boys. And looking at your your sort of end of end of the stick, and if Rotherham lose this one, they, they could drop to the bottom of the pile. And I, I wouldn't put it against Rotherham. 
you know, losing this one because not only are we a pretty good side these days without, you know, this is me not trying to sound arrogant. We're a decent side these days and Rotherham, I watched them against uh, against Middlesbrough and I know they had 10 men. So it's obviously not going to be an accurate representation of their, their, true, their true abilities, but they looked knackered and they looked out of ideas, to be honest. And I, I don't know your thoughts on this, Ed, but out of all the teams in the bottom three now, I'm now looking at Rotherham and saying, I think they're maybe the most likely to go down. Yeah, um, they do look knackered and and, and tired. And, and the last team you want to be coming up against when you're in that state is Barnsley, because they're going to yeah. run you ragged. Um, and I really hope you do. Um, <laughs> both quite pragmatic, direct footballing sides. Um, but, you know, it's it's very rare that I'm, I'm willing on the tykes, but, you know... <laughs> You Reds, that's it, I've said yeah. it. Um, yeah. No, look, I think I think Rotherham, they've been so unlucky this season with, with COVID and, and fixture postponements and, you know, three straight losses. They, get, they, need to, they need to pick up points soon because it's that old adage, isn't it? I'd rather points on the board than games in hand. Yeah. And, at the minute, they're not getting the points on the board and they're not really looking like it. I thought against Birmingham, they were unlucky. And if they took the chances... Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. that they, w- they deserve something from that game. I thought Birmingham were a little lucky, unfortunate, to get the win there. But no, um, you, you're seriously r- worrying. Well, I'm not worrying for Rotherham, but <laughs> neutrals would be worrying for Rotherham if yeah. they were yeah. to lose this one. And I do see a bouncy win and I can stomach it cementing your playoff position <laughs> if it gives a little bit of hope. It would, well, it, it'd probably make me shed a tear if I'm uh, being totally <laughs> honest, seeing us cement a playoff berth. It, it'd, be, it'd be rather incredible. And I do want to talk about, this is probably the only, well, one of two games that we'll talk about in detail of the midweek fixtures, but I do want to talk about our win over Huddersfield. And it really was a sensational response to our loss at St Andrews on, on Sunday. I mean, we absolutely thumped them. And I know we only won 1-0 thanks to uh, Double D scoring uh, yet again. But seriously, I think this was top... Doug O'Kane said it, and I agree with him. Top five performance of the year for me. And we could have had four or five on another day. Huddersfield were abject, but I'd argue that's because of how good we we were. And shout out to to Michael Solbauer. I've, uh, I've not always... well. I'm not knocking the lad. I think he's a good player, um, but I, I think this season he's probably not been at his best at times. And he was unbelievable, unbelievable against Town. They, they literally just could not get past him. It was like watching a prime Franco Baresi. Um, he was he was brilliant. And yeah, shout out to the lads because they've put us in such a strong position now that that we are starting to dream and. It's in. It's incredible. Seriously, incredible. So, up the bloody Reds. Um, moving on then to a game that even last week you'd have said is is probably a huge game at the bottom. But now uh, Coventry looks safe, and you know Preston are almost certainly safe. So, Ed, Coventry v Preston. How do you see it going? Um, I see a Coventry win here purely based. You know, four wins out of the last five. Preston, I think they have now mathematically secured their safety. Um, I think you've got to give huge kudos to Mark Robbins for the way he's turned them round. It's just back end of the season because I seriously thought they were going to go down. 
but they've yeah. been incredible. You know, they're now above Bristol City, you know, Blackburn Rovers, you know, sides they were so far off at points. Um, and so credit to them. They deserve it because, like I said, I think everyone is in agreement that they're one of the, the best sides to watch um, on their day. And they really didn't deserve to be down there, I didn't think, um, for the majority of the season. And, uh, yeah, they've got a lucky break and they took it and, and fair play to them. Preston, again, it's just sort of see it petering out uh, the rest of the season for them. Um, obviously looking into the, the summer and then a rebuild. So I doubt they're going to be, you know, like I said, it's a bit of a nothing game this, which which is surprising considering the situation a few weeks ago. Um, but I, I see a Coventry win. Yeah, and um, I think you may be being a tad unfair on Cov. I think it. I think they were ripped. Like I said, I think we're quite poor at St Andrews, but credit to Coventry that they were brilliant. And yeah. I think Coventry are a side who I have praised on here in the past. And next season, Coventry are going to be a force to be reckoned with. I mean, they might not do what we've done this season in the sense that they're going to be push, pushing for the playoffs, but I can certainly see them taking on on the role of, of maybe a, a Millwall where they're, they're there or thereabouts for most of the season. And there's no point where you're even looking at it and going, they're going to drop below, you know, sort of 12th. And yeah, Mark Robbins, he has to have, he has to get credit for what he's done. He's done there. I mean, I think he's a brilliant manager. I really do think he's a brilliant manager, but, but yeah, he's, he's uh, that Coventry side is very good. And, and I agree with you. I think, I think that they'll, they'll, they'll do the Lily Whites in this one. I'm probably going to let you introduce this one, Ed. It's Neil Warnock versus Jamie Smith, and you take it from here. Yeah, uh, return of our old foe, Colin. Um, <laughs> look, he's already been piping off saying, "Oh, I was disappointed we beat Rotherham." You know, I've told the lads to work doubly hard against Wednesday, and it's like, come on, Colin, you're 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 a pantomime villain at best now. Um, <laughs> Borough, we beat them in the reverse fixture. You know, uh, obviously did us a favour by beating Rotherham. Chubarakpom um, scoring a, a rare rare goal. Obviously, they've had a, a few off the field issues this week with Asombolonga and Ashley Fletcher. Yeah. Um, seemingly not played their last games for the club and, and will leave on a free in the summer. So, obviously, that, that limits their options up front. Um because you'd say on the day that you know that they're the two main choice options. Yeah. Um for Wednesday, there's no underestimating the size of this game. Um the the result against Blackburn Rovers on Tuesday, it really started to, you know, make you know, you sit up a little bit more and think, hang on, results went our way with Derby and Rotherham losing. We could do this. Um I'm not sure if you're aware, but you probably will be. Derby's the last game of the season, so that's why it is. It, it's, I'm so, you know, honestly, I'm just going to probably interject for this little bit now. I'll let you continue, but I am looking forward to that game so much. If if that is literally a shootout between who goes down, I'll be watching that more than the Barnes and Norwich game, mate. Because I, I don't like Sheffield Wednesday, and you know, if you listen to this, you'll know the reasons why as a Barnsley fan. But I despise Derby County. They relegated us, which is never a good look. But they were they were chanting, "We will never play you again." How much would I love it if that was the case? But it was where we were in the league above them. And thirdly, they were just so arrogant when they played us. 
Like we've beaten good teams this season. We've beaten Watford at home. We've beaten Bournemouth away. We've beaten Norwich in the FA Cup. Then they've all gone. Yeah, fair play. You were the better side. But we drew at home, nil nil to twenty first place derby, and all of a sudden we're the most direct team Wayne Rooney's ever played against, and they don't think about anything other than hoofing it up the pitch. Um. So yeah. <laughs> That game is gonna be—it's gonna be like Christmas for me. That scene at either you or Derby go down, if that is the case, and God willing, um, I'd actually want you to win because I want to see that. Yeah, I think they're the most. This, this podcast is a basically slander Derby podcast at times. Um, <laughs> it is. It, it is. You know, it isn't anything historical. It's just the team, the personnel they've got right now, what they've done in the last decade. Um, you know, they deserve it, to be honest. Um, and on to the game uh, against Borough. I, 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 I'm obviously going to back a Wednesday win. I always do, unless mm. it's ridiculously obvious we're going to lose or get a draw. Um, I think Borough, take Colin out of the equation, you know, one win in the last five. They're looking dogged, tired on the beach. Um, put Colin in the equation... And personally, they're looking doggy tired on the beach and it'll make little difference. Um, yeah. I don't look yeah. at that team and, and see anyone there. Who, you know, they'll, they'll just be on, they'll, you know, they'll be playing the game. They'll lay Colin on the sidelines, be like, yeah, he's on one. It's Wednesday. You know what I mean? Just leave him. He'll hyperventilate. I'm sure he'll calm down in two to three days when we lose. Fucking so. hell, right? <laughs> you lay that for 90 minutes. 100%. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, if we can... Beat, uh, beat Borough, then go and beat Forest, and points permitting, we're in with a chance of Derby, uh, with the Derby game. My heart couldn't take it; it really yeah. couldn't. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I think this game's huge. Lose this game, we're down. Um, uh, you know, mm. um, so yeah, we've got to win, win the remaining games, but like one game at a time. And uh, Borough, you'd say, are quite an attractive side to play right now. You know, obviously coming off the back of win yeah. against Rotherham United, but. I've said it before, say it again, they always seem to lose. Um, yeah, somehow 10th. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a Wednesday win. I'll go 2-0, Josh Windass. And uh, you know what? I'm going to fancy a little cheeky Tom Lee's header. Bloody hell. Um, we all, no, we've, also, we've also got quite good form up at the Riverside. Um, yeah, you are. I think yeah. it was la- this time last year. Well, not this time, but last season when we played them up there. We've we scored four in the first half, I seem to remember. Um, and won 4-1. Yeah. Um, I remember having reached goal up there a few seasons ago. It'd be nice if he could get on the score sheet. So sort of leave us a, a departing gift because I do think he'll be off personally. But against well, you, signed, you signed him from Borough, didn't you? I mean, yeah, that would be nice. It'd be nice if you got a bit of uh, a bit of revenge on Borough, considering they robbed you of five million pounds for him. No, no, I'm going to take exception to that. I'm going to take it. I'm going to nibble a bit on that one because that is not that is not a waste of five million pounds. I think he's been worth. Every no, I'm not, I'm not. I think he's a good player, actually. I'm, I, I think Adam Reach is a good player, and I'd happily have him at Barnsley. But five million pounds? No, well, hey, come on, five we, mil. If you isolate this season, of course, you know it's a it's daylight robbery. But um, this season, especially the start, I think was it the start of the eighteen nineteen season, mm. uh, and you know that, that whole period on Yoss uh, back in the seventeen eighteen season. Um, yes, back in seventeen eighteen season, start of. 1819, we were so poor, and he was the only man consistently putting eight out of ten performances in. 
He scored his fair share of wonder goals. It's really unfortunate how it's ended. Um, I, well, I'm making massive assumptions here, but I just don't th- see him staying unless we possibly stay up miraculously. Yeah. Um, but I think he's been a great servant and five million in the market nowadays. We've had a lot worse deals, I'll tell you that. But no. Um, let's move on though to Watford Millwall. Yeah. Let's leave Wednesday in the past, thankfully. Um, <laughs> and... Where they belong, let's face it, Reds. <laughs> They've not uh, been relevant since 2000. <laughs> oh, not going to nibble to that. Uh, Watford, you know, title hopes are still on. Um, promotion pretty much in the bag, really. Millwall, yeah. yeah, they've had a little bit of a slump in the last three games. Again, sort of end of season, sort of abjectness, really. Um, how do you see this game going? Um, I think it's actually quite a tough one to call. Um, like you said, Watford seemingly guaranteed themselves uh, a return to, to the Premiership, and I think you could tell by the reactions their coaching staff after after their win over over Norwich, it it wasn't just a, a victory over over the the top top of league side. It was it meant much much more than that. And I think to be honest, I can sort of imagine a, a scenario where Shishkomunyoth has said to the the Hornets squad, where you know eighty five points that'll get us up, and they've they've hit that 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 landmark. And uh, yeah, they they do look up. But the only reason why I say it's a tough one to call is uh, Millwall just. They they seem to have this knack of picking up results when you least expect them to, and yeah. this wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if maybe not three points that they'd pick up in this game, but it wouldn't surprise me if they went to Vicarage Road and and did a job on Millwall. Maybe not, not sorry, Millwall did a job on Watford. Um, maybe you know picking up a a one one or you know seeing out a nil nil, and yeah, it's um. Yeah, I think it's quite. I think it's quite a tough one to call. Um, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a draw in this one. I mean, um, yeah, it, it's um, it's a strange fixture. Yeah, I think that win against Norwich was huge um, because they lose that game, and you know they're only five points ahead of Bournemouth. I say only, but you got to then take you know, real in reality that they'll be coming off the back of two straight losses. They would have been. Bournemouth on the the incredible run of form they're on, and you'd be starting to worry if you're on its fan, thinking, "Hang on a minute, we we're not out, you know, we're not out of the league for definite." But the win against the Canaries was was in, was you know emphatic in both performance and in meaning. Um, I, one thing I'm really interested in with this Watford side is mm. sort of. Um, what will happen next season when they get promoted? Because I think they will get promoted. I think it's hard yeah. to argue against. Um, you know, how will, and I probably won't pronounce his name as well as you have, uh, Shisko Munoz. Uh, it's, it's not a bad attempt. It's not a bad attempt. Don't shoot the messenger. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we know how Watford um, treat their managers, the owners. Yeah. Um, and. I feel like I still don't know him. I still don't really know what he's about. Yeah. Um, you know, they have an identity, but it's nothing like too unique. They just win games. The quality in their squad wins games. And you sort of felt like um, you, they needed a manager who would just allow the squad to sort of do their own thing. And obviously, the Troy Deeney injury, which forced them to switch up formation midway through the season, um, that was, you know, 
It was a blessing, uh, wasn't it? It was. It, it was a gift sent from the gods. Um, and you wonder what would happen had that not happened. Um, obviously, unfortunate for Troy, but for the squad, um, obviously, let, you know, allowed them to turn a corner. So it'll be really interesting to see in the Premier League, A, how Munoz fares. Um, mm. Can he establish himself? Because, you know, no disrespect to the guy, but Dinamo Tbilisi and uh, Watford, you know, he still needs to establish himself in the game, but you know, promotion to the Premier League on his CV will do it. Yeah, no harm of, you know, it will do wonders, won't it? Basically, it will. Um, it will. So no, I, I think the cynic in me says he'll be sacked by October, but um, <laughs> I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. You know what? I'm this is right. Come back to this at the end of next season, right? But this is my prediction for Shishko Munoz, right? He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna get Watford off to this really fast start, and then they're gonna go on a shocking run. He's gonna get sacked in November, and Sheffield Wednesday are gonna stay up this season. And next, and next March, Sheffield Wednesday will sack Darren Moore, and they'll appoint Shishko, and he'll he'll turn up at S six, and he will stink the joint out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't see Darren going anywhere. Thankfully, no. anytime soon. Um, he's a crack just just on Darren um, I know this might not mean anything but best wishes from us at the pod for him because cracking bloke really hope he um, makes full recovery yeah it's, it's good news about him coming out of hospital recently and it, it, at the time yeah. of recording it is his birthday um, happy just, birthday mate so happy birthday Darren on the off chance that you're listening <laughs> um, but yeah hope, hope you get well soon and yeah you know um Lead Wednesday back to the Premier League, which I'm sure you will do. Um, no. You've gone from big Ron to big Daz, and you know what? He's, I think he's a he's a brilliant manager, and I, I've said this on previous podcasts, but I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due to to Wednesday for that appointment. He's he's a cracking coach. Definitely. Let's go to South Wales. Um, it's Cardiff City versus Wickham Wanderers. Uh, yeah. You know we've got to say it. Adebayoak in Fenwar, first championship goal. The circumstances, the set of bollocks he had him, he had on him to uh, to put it away because you know all the pressure was on him. No doubt his mind. Obviously, he knew if he scores that, it's his first championship goal. Um, yeah. The scenes from you know Gareth Ains with the whole squad because let's face it, they're, they're ninety percent chance they're going down. They don't deserve to go down, in my opinion. Um, they're the real um, unsunk. I yeah. think they're the real unsunk heroes of this league. The budget they've had, the way Ainsworth, you know, when they lose, he doesn't lambast them. He says, I'm proud of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah. the togetherness and the spirit he's brought to that side, I'm not sure he can replicate it anywhere else because I think you need a club like Wickham. I agree um, with you on that. Because if I'm right, they're fan-owned, aren't they? Um, I, I, I don't know what the situation is at Wickham, but yeah, I think it's it's that sort of scenario. I, I'm a, I think from what I gather... Um, though I think the part owned by Americans, I think they're headed and that sort of consortium's headed up by Pete Kuhig. I might pronounce that wrong. And then the other sort of remaining shares in the club are owned by supporters. But yeah, it's um, they're, they're working on a League Two budget in the Championship, and it's it's incredible how how they're still fighting. Definitely, um, the game itself, um, Cardiff searching for a win, and it won't come. Mick McCarthy, you know, I'm going to call it Ollie Syndrome. Uh, we <laughs> service Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. But, you know, give, an interim boss does perfectly. Give him a full-time contract and it and it goes down the pan. Um, Wickham, 
I don't think you'll find many sides in the league who are going to be fighting more than them right now and, and showing that passion, in the words of Chrissy Weldon. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I think teams like Derby and, and Rotherham and ourselves, to an extent, need to take a leaf out of Wickham Wanderers book um, just for the way we approach the game. But I, I, I do see a Wickham win here. Two quite direct sides. But, you know, Cardiff, you know, end of season, are they really going to have that desire and fight? Probably not. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm in agreement with you on on the sort of the desire of the Cardiff team and you know what what have they got to play for? But I've seen it a lot of times with Wickham this season where they they'll, they will go toe to toe with teams and I've got no doubt that they'll go toe to toe with Cardiff. But Cardiff might it might literally just be a case of right we're bringing Harry Wilson off 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 the bench and yeah. Wilson comes on scores thirty yarder and then it's like what can you do against that? Um, but I'd like to see Wickham pick up three points here because, I'd, I'd, like I said to you, I'd like to see it go to the final day. I'd, I'd love to see a shootout at the bottom. And uh, I think Wickham deserves to take it. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Wickham, I think you're right. Wickham, Wick, I think Wickham deserves to take it to, to the final day. And just on Akin Fenwa, scoring your first championship goal at 38, in the words of the former Soccer AM, fans when a soccer had come out great age oh um, no oh. great age to score your first championship goal and i know he's a bit of a meme isn't he <laughs> akin fenwa yeah but, but fair play to the bloke in terms of dragging a career out and squeezing every last drop out of a career he's he's pretty much been operating on one-year deals for the last decade right and he's um I think all credit's got to go to him because, like I said, we laugh at him for being this beast, but to to, to be performing the the way he is at, at his age, at, at the highest level he's ever played at in his career, it's it's nothing short of you know, ad, it's a admirable and, and b I think it's outstanding. It definitely is, and um, you you can't do anything but respect him. Um, yeah. And the thing is, he you know obviously thirty eight, and this season, you know. I don't think prolific words could associate with him. But, <laughs> no, no, you know, prior to that, he's been scoring. You know, he is a bagsman. I don't like to use he that is. phrase for years. Uh, he scores goals. He does. You know, he's something no defender can ever really prepare to defend against. And he's not just this big brute up front who's going to bully defenders. He's actually, you know, he really brings his worth to the team. And I'm so delighted to see him get his championship goal because that'll mean obviously the world to him. Mm. Um, I think that's all on that game, really. So let's move on to. Well, you'd have said it would be another huge game, but I don't really see much in it. This one, um, Swansea versus Reading. Uh, you know, Reading unfortunately have just plateaued out at, at, the, at the real wrong end of the season for them. Great yeah. timing for the Reds, isn't it? Just on Reading, though, Ed, I'm sorry to interject here, but I honestly think that Lucas Zhao missed was the defining moment of their season and the defining moment of ours in a sense because Zhao scores that. Not only do we not pick up a point from that game, but uh, Reading pick up all three and I think they'd have leaped... Uh, yeah, I think they'd have leapfrogged us with, with a win at Oakwell and that Zhao miss it. It just... It, it seems to... Uh, it seems to personify Reading's season in a sense that they, they, they've got so close and you'd have... To be honest, if you'd have asked me when when we started this pod, which is a trope I've called upon a lot in this podcast, I am aware, um, I'd have said, yeah, I think Reading will make playoffs because I thought, you know, they, they just seem to have that cutting edge, you know, going into their final run of fixtures with the likes of Zhao, Meite, 
uh, Elise, uh, John Swift coming back into their team. Uh, and it, like you say, it's just that their season sort of plateaued. And in this rerun of the 2011 playoff final, I, it's hard to see anything other than the, a similar result to that, in which should be a, a Swansea win. Yeah. Um, I feel Reading, you know, that they're going to have a lot of. I will have had a lot of sort of last rolls of dice in terms of financially wise. They're in, they're in oh, a real yeah. mess, and so they need to get up to the Premier League ASAP. Uh, and it, I don't think it'll be this season for sure. Swansea, they're still inco- unconvincing, you know. Um, and I certainly don't see them as a threat in the playoffs. Famous last words, I know. Famous but, last words. Yeah. Um, I see this one being a draw, to be completely honest. Right. Because I don't know. Both sides seem to lack quality at the minute. Um. Which you wouldn't have thought um, you thought you'd be saying about these sides, but yeah, I see a draw on this one um, that for definite. Right. Well, uh, I think there's a question I want to ask you at the end of this podcast, which will follow the fixtures. But once again, it's a bit pretty, uh, pretty boring one here. Bristol Luton. Um, what can you say apart from the, these games just happen at the end of the season where teams have nothing to play for and uh, Bristol. Bristol, along with Nottingham Forest, seem to and Stoke seem to have nothing to play for every week, and um, they're in shocking form. Let's 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 face facts here; they just don't win games of football. Their team, like like we've said on previous podcasts, it just doesn't reflect a Nigel Pearson side. I mean, Wickham had twenty three shots on uh, on Wednesday, and Bristol had nine. I mean, come on! I mean. There's uh, there's been on the beach and then there's that and yeah. Adam Naj on the right wing, don't get it. Uh, Tommy Rowe at left back, I said it before, don't get it. That there's um, I think the serious the serious concerns for Bristol going into next season and so and with Luton, I think Luton are they're, they're very much in the same ilk as Barnsley. As teams look down on them. It's uh, when you lose to them, it's we should be beating teams like Luton, but credit has to go to them because they found themselves in a similar situation to us last season in the sense that they had to they had to win on the last day to survive and, and they did and they've had a very successful season. Twelfth, uh, if you'd have offered a, a Luton fan twelfth, I'm sure they'd have snapped your hand off. So yeah, a very successful season for the Hatters. Um, but on the fixture itself, uh, Bristol Luton, uh, can you just sort of give us a score prediction? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go for a 2 0 win for Luton. Uh, I think Bristol City are, um, I can say a lot of words about what they are, but I'll just <laughs> stick with Paul. Uh, I think the only real player of note at the minute is Tyreek Bakinson, and I saw firsthand his quality. Another great goal against Wickham Wanderers um, after the one he scored against us. Uh, that relationship between Bristol City and Nigel Pearson just seems like. A marriage that should never have happened, and to be honest, I think they need to get the divorce papers out quick at the end of the yeah, season. Yeah. Because unless there's serious changes, um, I just don't see it succeeding. Um, but you know, I'm going to go for a, for a Luton Town win against Bristol City because um, Bristol just Bristol City. Sorry, because I am I am conscious that I lambast people for calling us Sheffield or she- United Sheffield, yeah, and then yeah. and then I'm now Bristol City as culpable <laughs> as calling Bristol City Bristol. So I am trying to make that conscious change. Um, no, I just think Bristol City are that poor that 
I don't see them winning a game of football anytime soon, to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, this is the uh, million, well, I say million dollar question. It's probably £17.50 question. But um, the, the question I want to ask you is, going into the final three games of the championship season now, Ed, mm-hmm. I want you to make a prediction for the bottom. Who is going down? What three clubs are going down? From now, I'm not saying... Oh, if we, if we win this, from your perspective right now, who do you think is going to go down? Wickham, Rotherham and Derby County. <laughs> uh, you really think I'm going to put Wednesday down there? Come on. Yeah, listen, this it's, it's your opinion. This is why I'm asking the question. I think it's really interesting because... Uh, allow you know, me my blind and definitely mistaken optimism. Um, yeah. No, I think... I just don't... If Rotherham and Derby are in such poor form and the Derby County Wednesday game on the last day is so crucial. Um, I think Wickham have just timed it slightly too late to make their resurgence. Mm. Um, and with Rotherham's fatigue only going to get more and more, I really think they're in trouble. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not, this 90% optimism, um, 10% actual chance in terms of, you look at the, on paper on Wednesday, and I've seen neutral fans on Twitter say it, Wednesday, you know, they're definitely not out of this. So I'm going to go for a Derby yeah. County rather than United and Wickham Wanderers bottom three. I mean, without hope, what have you got? And yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I think I'm, I'm with, with the neutrals you mentioned there. Wednesday certainly aren't out of this, but we've, we've failed to mention it. I do have to mention the permutations of this weekend's fixtures. And that is, if Sheffield Wednesday lose and Derby County pick up three points, Sheffield Wednesday will be playing third tier football next season. Um, yeah. So it's, it's huge, this, this weekend set of fixtures and, You've got every right to believe. And yeah, look, we stayed up with a five-point deficit with two games to go against Forest, who at the time were sixth, and Brentford, who at the time were third. And anything can happen in this great league. And it's it's what makes the league so great. Um, once again, if you've stayed right till the end, we really do appreciate uh, the, your time and, and the support you give in the podcast. It, it, it really doesn't go... Uh, unnoticed uh, the support quite frankly has been a bit overwhelming at times so thank you very much for that as always please give the video a like if you have liked it drop us a comment which would be very nice if you're listening on YouTube subscribe if you're on Apple please do drop a subscribe if you haven't already and drop a review on Spotify please do follow us and you'll get each episode as it comes um once again, thank you, Ed. It's uh, it's definitely been an interesting one, and I'm very much looking forward to the review on Sunday. Definitely, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, the listening, guys.